Welcome to Goddess Rising. I am Brooke Kikos, your host, a trauma recovery coach, RTT therapist, and NLP practitioner. Join us in unlocking the power from within and using our voice to create real change for women to empower, learn, expand consciousness, and uplift each other. If you have been burdened by a past of trauma, abuse, and toxic relationships, this is a safe space to learn and embody your truth. It's time that we embody our feminine energy and become the goddesses within and stop allowing others to dim our light. I am here to help you shift from shame, people-pleasing, codependency, and the belief that you are not enough and shift into expansion of your real potential. It's time to say no to toxic behaviors and say yes to unapologetic self-love. And this is where we find the healthiest relationship with ourselves. Okay, so I have Wes Steele here today. He's actually a commercial photographer out of Phoenix, Arizona. He actually did some photos for me and is a great photographer. And we actually met and realized that we had lots to talk about um, because he has endured some things in his own personal journey that I thought was really powerful. And so give him some space to talk about his own personal journey here today. And so I kind of want to just open up the floor here for you, Wes, to kind of talk about, you know, where you came from, how you got to the place where you are today, and what you kind of learned in your in your personal journey. So thus this far. Okay, hi. Um, like she mentioned, my name is Wes. I'm a commercial photographer based out of Chandler, Arizona. I've been in Arizona for about 13 years, way of California, where I grew up in um the Los Angeles area and um, was fortunately, I was fortunate enough to escape the gang culture and made it out there with my life still intact. I moved out here with no real skill set, started washing dishes at a buffet and made it up to executive chef at a resort in North Scottsdale. And uh, quickly realized that I did not like cooking as much as I thought I would and as a hobby to kind of uh, circumvent stress I started picking up a camera and then one day someone after I posted a photo said that I took good photos and um, that led me to where I am right now that's amazing uh, yes thank you thank you so do you feel like this is really your mission and your purpose in life is really just to use your creativity and your art now as this photographer? Oh, yeah, definitely, because I've always been like a uh, cerebral person. I'm an introvert by nature. And um, when I was a child, I remember like uh, my imagination was so powerful that sometimes it made me uh, come to tears of some of the thoughts that I had. I remember there's a song by Earth, Wind and Fire. I can't remember the name of the song, but every time the song came on, and mind you, I was like four or five years old, the song would move me to tears. And um, I knew then that I was a scotch bit different from the people in my neighborhood because I really didn't have that hard edge or anything like that. And um, that led me to believe I was a creator because um, ultimately my life mission was to try to provoke that feeling within everyone else. Yeah, that's really beautiful. Um, 
you know, knowing a little bit that we've chatted a little bit about your background and your childhood, I know that you've really had to overcome some really difficult things as you were growing up. And that kind of um, shaped you obviously into the individual that you have been, but also things that you've had to overcome personally, right? Because yeah. of the way that you were um, raised. And so I would love if you spoke a little bit about, um, you know, maybe things that happened in your childhood that really caused you to then um, suffer now as an adult. Well, um, growing up in um, in Los Angeles is almost compared to like a wartime uh, veteran. And what I mean by that is I've seen life is like ebb and flow. And it's there's some things that are really extreme that you see and some things that are really enduring. But the uh, extremes is what kind of led me to where I am right now. Like in my lifetime, I can probably count on both hands how many times I've seen somebody either, somebody either shot or killed, you know. And um, as a young kid, it kind of make, it desensitizes you from reality. Mm -hmm. And um, seeing those things and seeing the uh, neighborhood that I grew up in claim that we all loved each other, but on the same token, we're robbing each other, killing each other. And, um, you know, there's uh, drug addicts and there's also uh, drug dealers that are in the community that are kind of like symbiotically living off of each other. It, it gives you a, a very archaic view on what love is. So going from seeing that and going out into the real world and having to kind of like acclimate onto what society is really about versus what I was growing up into experience was a um was a task within itself because I had to learn what was and what wasn't like true reality on a grander scale Wow, that's actually really powerful what you just said, because obviously I grew up much different than you and I have no idea what you had to endure, but just the fact of what you said in just this short few sentences, right, you know, kind of paints this mental picture of all of these things that were around you that was, um, okay, what is this really how bad it is? Like, I mean, growing up in such an, a, a yeah. community like that and not being able to see outside of that, you're right. Like what's real, what's not real? Um, how do I escape this or can I escape this? You must've been so much in survival mode at that time as a child where you were just like, okay, well, I got to survive day to day and figure out what I'm going to do because there's so much fear. I imagine that yeah. instilled within you, right? Every day you had to probably fear, okay, am I going to make it to tomorrow? Yeah, it, it's, um, I mean, if you listen to pop culture now, I mean, little, actually, let me take that back. Let's go back about maybe 10 years and listen to like rap music and how it kind of tells a story about what's going on. Everything in our music and our culture has a, a start and stop. And what I mean by that is, I mean, if you listen to country music, they talk about love being internal. You listen to secular music, you talk about love being something that endures a test of time. But if you listen to music in the black community, everything ends in like catastrophic death or it's finite, if you would. Mm -hmm. And um, having that as a visual reality then having that as an audible reality you know in the music that we listen to because music is very pop, uh, powerful it makes you see life from a very 
destructive point of view because you start to treat people as if they're disposable. You start to treat your life as if it's not going to end in anything positive. So, I mean, I learned this through, I guess, because I, I you know, I made it to the age I am right now, 46. I learned that, you know, I, I don't judge people for for uh, their actions no more I, I, because some of their actions are just coping mechanisms for things that they went through growing up. So when you see people with the chains and tattoos and, you know, the loud music, it's just, it's almost a celebratory way of living because they made it from a lifestyle where no one was supposed to make it, you know, and, and that's the way they are now because it's, 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 it's almost like they're living life. I mean, it's weird, but it's, they're living life in a celebratory matter, but also thinking that life is finite at the same time. Yeah. So, you know, the fact that you even grew up that way and you obviously said, you know, I didn't become part of the gangs, I kind of stayed away from this stuff. Like, what was it do you think that made you be like, you know what, I'm going to be different than what I'm growing up around? Like, what do you believe, you know, changed that within you where you stayed away from those things and, and didn't go down that path? You know, that, that's a really good question. I think it's a combination of different things. One, I just think that mentally I wasn't really on that plane at all. And two, I had a kind of destructive, but still like a, a family support system I was there. I was the only kid in my neighborhood that had a father. And I had my grandmother and I had my mom. Everyone was there in the household. Mind you, we weren't the most functional household there was, but I had, um, a village of people to kind of draw my inspiration from and kind of like mold me to where I am right now. So I do, I would say because there were so many hands in the pot, metaphorically speaking, it led me to where I am right now. And I had uh, four other sisters and they're not really the way I am. I mean, they're doing well in life, but I think that it was just something biological, I don't know, that made me want to be an artist you know, I mean, if we're talking about that, you know, but um, as far as me making it out of that mind state and not being um, being of the ghetto, but not part of the ghetto lifestyle or urban community was probably because I had um, family involved in my life. Yeah, for sure. I imagine they probably played a big part in that, at least that you felt supportive and, and enough not to want to go to that lifestyle right or feel like you need to be accepted somewhere right you were felt like at yeah. least some acceptance at home um yeah. so that leads back to my question you know how did your family you know and your parents specifically shape you um, to become who you are good bad ugly or otherwise right you know i know we talked about this um pre-interview you talked about you know your original memory as a five-year-old um, little boy, if you want to just talk a little bit about that, because I think that did begin the shaping of who you are today. Yeah, definitely. Um, I am uh, 46 years old and I, uh, I don't have like a consistent love life in my life. And I, I believe it to be because of you learn to love from the people that love you. And I watch my mother kind of like choose god I, don't, I really don't know how to put it but she kind of chose stability over self-respect and respect you know for others 
versus like um, standing for something and saying, no, I'm not going to take that from anybody. My mother was, um, in, for lack of better words, a pushover. And whoever gave her attention, no matter if it was good attention or not, was a person that she kind of leaned towards. So I learned to love people based off of that. And um, my father was a, even though he was probably the reason why I, I try so hard in life and have such a strong hustle, but I also learned that my, 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 I learned from him that my father did not show any type of love. He didn't show how to conduct yourself around a woman. My dad was a very disrespectful and condescending person. And I wouldn't go as far to say narcissist because people throw that word around all the time. But if I had to say who gave me the ability to want to be a creator, I would say it was my grandmother on my father's side because my grandmother, uh, she grew up on the outside of the, the ghetto community in an area called uh, Paris, California. And um, she was a registered nurse by trade, but she also was a painter too, a famous painter, honestly. Uh, she played the piano and um, she had a orange orchard back in um, the eighties. Southern California was covered with oranges like Florida is now. There was like oranges everywhere. We had a large plot of those oranges. So in the summer, I used to go over there and I watched my grandmother put her hands in so many different things. So I thought that that's the way a person was supposed to be. You're supposed to be a creator. You're supposed to be interested in a vast amount of different things. So I think that I had um, exposure to so many different levels of uh, life and creativity and make me to who I am right now. Yeah, that's amazing though that she shaped you that way and helped you to, to look at something different, that there was something beyond, you know, kind of what was going on um, exteriorly for you, right? Yeah. So um, particularly that, you know, going back to that memory of when you were five, um, you know, you, you were talking a little bit, you touched on the fact that, you know, you didn't feel like you have a stability in, in love relationships, right? Where you feel like you've gone through a lot of relationships in the past and it's been a struggle for you mm -hmm. um, to find like a healthy relationship kind of being trapped in those like toxic relationships right um and what do you think in your past really made you feel that way that you had to be stuck in those relationships or continuing to attract those type of partners well um i would have to say this um perseverance you you had to learn how to persevere through things so i think that i was conditioned to believe i had to be in those type of relationships because i watched everyone around me live and function through chaos i mean it wasn't like the most functional way of living but like you're kind of conditioned to you know do the things that you see around you and i watched my parents, I watched the people in my neighborhood, I watched the men and women just live through the most chaotic ways of living. So I was kind of acclimated to think that's what I was supposed to do. Mm -hmm. I seen my mom deal with like abusive men because my father wasn't always there. You know, when my father, um, for a while he went to prison 
for tax evasion. And during that time, I, you know, my mom bounced from relationship to relationship and she was dealing with things that, you know, I wouldn't let my daughters deal with, but she sat there and dealt with it. So it made me believe that, okay, you're supposed to be able to, uh, in the name of love, deal with this type of stuff. I mean, that's another question right there. You believe as a, um, as a child, or you know, in a black community that love means that there, there's a term in the black community that says uh, stand tall or stand behind your man, you know, and you would think like that you're supposed to put up with any and everything. And that's not the truth. It, it, it breeds toxicity. And it makes me think that that's the true meaning of a curse. A curse is just like generational bullshit or that's passed on from generation to generation to generation. I don't believe a curse is some like witch and a you know in a forest saying, okay, your family's gonna be this for the rest of your life. No, it's 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 inherited toxic traits. And in the community that I grew up in, it's that was rampant. Yeah. So the reason why the summit of the reason why I dealt with these women so long. And even, you know, dealing with my friendships, some of them were bad, too, is because I thought that that's what you were supposed to do. Yeah, that makes, you know, and it makes perfectly good sense, right? It was what you were modeled. That's what you saw that what relationships look like. Um, you know, you saw that, you know, by the way that your mom handled those things. And like you said, she, you know, had the pushover tendency because she was trying to be accepted and loved. Right. And so she was just conditioned to think that that was okay. And then that's kind of how you got stuck in those same, those same spaces, but now you're kind of seeing that and wanting to come out of that. Um, which I think is great, right. It's all about awareness. It's all about being free of yeah. those things. Right. Yeah. So what do you believe that are, you know, the biggest wounds that you still kind of carry with you to this day from, from childhood? Well, the biggest one I care from childhood is the relationship I have with my mom. Um, last week we talked about that time I was in front of the, her door and I was knocking on the door damn near the whole weekend and she never answered that was the first time that I realized that my mom wasn't a superhero and I could not depend on her for my emotional stability. And mm -hmm. from that point on, I had doubts with the uh, opposite sex. And um, that's something that I'm still dealing with and being challenged with to this day. You know, if I see a red flag in a relationship, and probably it's not a red flag, it's probably just like somebody just having some wild little or small eat or secrecy in their life, I pull back. I get scared and I start to withdraw myself from that situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that makes sense, though. And you said that you were about five years old when that happened, when you were just like wanting your mom to pay attention or needing your mom. And then she didn't show up for you. Right. There was there was that. And as a five year old, right, you're also seeing that from the lens of just being a small, small child and not really understanding, hey, why is my mom not paying attention to me? You know, I need her. I need food. I need, you know, I need something, you know, but this yeah. point, it wasn't even about emotional. It was about physical need. Right. And then you're not being able to trust that the one woman that's supposed to take care of you is is trustworthy. So, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Carrying that wound to you now. And that's a lot of the reasons why I think, you know, people build up those intimacy walls of like saying, okay, well, I, 
I can't trust anyone because no one's safe, right? And for you growing up the way that you did, I imagine that was a very big unconscious belief for you was that nobody's safe. I don't know who I can trust. Um, I have to protect myself. And that was just, you know, this survival mechanism for you to cope your day to day, no doubt. So thank you for sharing that. I think that's huge um, to be able to recognize, you know, those, those wounds of, of fear and distrust is, are huge and can show up in our relationships so much. Um, you know, obviously everything that you've been through and that you've seen um, as a child and, and now today, right, has made you have a, a crazy amount of strength and resilience, right? So with that strength and resilience now, I know that, you know, there's been things just recently that you've been going through and kind of evolving from, you know, how do you think it's made you become who you are and how you, and, and where you want to see yourself go now? Great question. Um, I realized that, and before I say this, I got to give a precursor to it. I don't think that this is like the most healthiest outcome our philosophy, but this is the way that I cope with it. I realized that love is finite, you know, and I no longer hold tight to anything because I know that things can be taken away from you in a moment's notice, you know, and um, I'm not re really referring to my kids when I say that, but like any other relationship that I have, I, I feel like that it can be taken away very quickly. So what I do is I just completely stay surface until like um, I feel that a person meets my qualifiers and all the qualifiers may or may not be different. I don't have like a set rule, like one through 10 on how I kind of cope with people or deal with people. But I will say this much, there are certain things that I have to, they have to like pass like some type of like litmus test, if you would, in order for me to put that wall down and as of lately the last two and maybe three years now no one has made it that far and I don't know someone actually called me a coward they were like you're emotionally you're a coward and um I'm like what do you mean by that and she was saying because I don't trust and I don't allow love and I try my best to explain the reason why and I think that because of the way she felt, she couldn't comprehend it. And I, I explained to you what was going on in my life as far as the death of my kid and all those other things. And because she didn't experience the things that I experienced, it was foreign to her. She didn't understand. So I just had to go ahead and let that relationship completely dissolve because if I can't explain the reasons why I have these walls up and these qualifiers, then there's no way that we can move forward from that point. Yeah. And I mean, it, it honestly, it makes a lot of sense why you've had to, to put up those walls and that protection. And, you know, there's just this part of us that, you know, once it's been hurt or there's been betrayal wounds or trust wounds, um, you know, we, we put up these huge defense mechanisms, right? And in order for us to kind of break those down, we do have to feel um, a huge sense of safety with the person that we're in the relationship with. And perhaps you just haven't found that one that has really made you feel that sense of of safety um and you know because we at some point you have to be able to say okay you know what i'm okay to be vulnerable again in a relationship and i know you know for myself i had 
kind of similar, uh, you know, wounds. I had, you know, abandonment wounds and, and trust and betrayal wounds um, from the past relationships that I had been in. And once I found a healthy partner to kind of see me for those, I mean, it's still, there was, there was parts of me that kept fighting to want to hold on to like, no, I can't be safe. I can't be vulnerable. Right. And it was like, I, I was fighting this part of me that wanted to protect me so deeply because deep down, I was so afraid of being hurt again. And those yeah. things still come up to the surface, right? Even though I've done so much healing work around those, it's like, they still come to the surface at times. And it's like, it's, it's hard, you know, it's like, they're always going to be kind of a part of you. And I always, I always refer to them as like, okay, these are like scars, right? Like <laughs> you went yeah. to battle, right. In some, in some ways in these relationships and you got hurt, you got burned, you got, you know, some severe damage basically out of them. And just because, you know, you've done some healing work doesn't mean that those wounds aren't still there, right? Just, I mean, they're there still, you know, and um, they can come to the surface no matter how much work you've done on yourself. And it's just about this um, ability to make sure that you find the right person that's going to make you feel safe enough to like help heal those wounds even more, right? Make you feel safe exactly. enough to continue on. So I completely understand why you're like, you know what, I got to put them through a test. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And I understand that completely because I did the same type of behavior where I had to test them over and over and over again. Um, and thankfully, you know, you know, eventually you find the right partner that can handle the test. And, and that's just shows you that you know, there is always someone out there that's able to, to meet you where you're at. So, yeah. So you will find that partner for sure for yourself as well. Well, um, <laughs> right. So what do you think has been your strongest win then? You know, this personal journey that you've been through so far, you know, you've been through so much. Um, what has been your biggest win? Oh, wow. That's um, also an amazing question. I think the biggest win that I, I had is that I learned through suffering, it leads to salvation. And I'm not the biggest religious person in the world, but like there's two ways that you can go down after like suffering on the level that, you know, most humans do. I don't want to make it sound like I'm the only person out there suffering or went through anything, but you can go down the, uh, the aisle of just wanting revenge and wanting to hurt that person or hurt the world because maybe you don't have access to the person no more. So you just pass your hurt off to other people. Or you can go ahead and use that as forgiveness and not in a sense, for me personally, what I had to do, which happened about maybe, I think it was after after we talked, I had a conversation with the person that hurt me recently, and I told them for myself, I have to forgive you because our conflict that we had is almost like an anchor and is not allowing me to prosper. And... Um, after that moment, I felt a lot better. I felt like the weight was lifted off my shoulders. So is that was um, something that felt good for me and um, learning compassion mm -hmm. for everybody, even the people that hurt you is something that I really can't describe it. I guess for the lack of better words, it's probably the biggest religious or spiritual feeling I've ever felt, you know, it, it feels good. It feels good to be able to look back and know that all the things that I went through are not affecting my future any longer. Yeah. 
That's huge. Um, I think that's really beautiful what you said though. It's like, yeah, the, the forgiveness and the compassion and like just recognizing that everything, you know, the people that did hurt you, they're human at the end of the day. And yeah. they, some people do these things and they don't realize why they're doing them because they're not really consciously aware enough to notice that they're actually hurting other people because they have can carry their own deep wounds right that they haven't dealt with and and you're right like you talked about how people just like you if you don't you know reflect on yourself you could just go back out and hurt other people because you're yeah. right but if you recognize that these people that are doing that are just because they are hurt people right and that's why they're saying is hurt people hurt people because that is the truth and you know I think that's huge that you've been able to say, okay, you know what? I, I have to give forgiveness. I have to give compassion because if I don't, I'm holding on to this. It's, a, it's like a roadblock for my own progression, for my own journey. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And I, I believe that. Yeah. I truly, truly believe that. So I think that's um, a beautiful space for you to be. And it sounds like, you know, now it's like, okay, well, I see what's happened and now I understand it. And now I can move forward, right? I don't just stay stuck in this anger and this resentment towards a person um, because you could give them that compassion. So that's really yeah. beautiful. Yeah, thank you for sharing. Of course, you're welcome. I don't believe that um, me and that person will ever become best friends or even get back into relationship, but being able to function in the same space without having those thoughts of resentment or even revenge is healthy. And um, not to go down a deep rabbit hole, but I realized that when I was growing up, you would, uh, in my community that I was in, like you would say something to somebody or you would brush against them on accident. And before you even have the opportunity to explain that it was an accident, they're already up in arms. Like, what the fuck did you do that for? So on and so forth. Because there's so many layers of resentment, pain, mm -hmm. suffering, intense uh, uh, thoughts and everything that they're dealing with. And they don't have the ability at that point in time to be able to let go. And now imagine a, a neighborhood of two or 3,000 people doing that. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. I believe that... Um, if there was a way, I would love to go back to my community and teach them what I've learned. And what I learned is just understanding and forgiveness. You know, there's a Bible verse that says wisdom is a principal thing with all I've getting good understanding. And even though I can recite that, that's something that you got to imply and learn in your own life through your own experiences. So I wish I could go back and save everybody that I was around. But unfortunately, I don't think that's the case because it's more of an outlook versus you being told about something. You got to experience it the way that person experienced it to get through it. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that's beautiful. They're like, I want to go back and tell everybody everything that I know, right? But I think um, I always feel the same um, in my own situation. Like I always, I'm like, I want to tell everybody that I ever knew, you know, you know, to to stop you know, because I was raised in a cult. So to stop believing in the cult and, you know, this is not true. And let me show you what's true. You know, like trying to help people get it through their trauma so they can kind of break free from some of these, these things. And I'm like, but you're right. You have to experience it. You have to walk the journey and, and your experience you help you understand it. Right. And then it's going to help you break free from those things and, and those that belief system that just really doesn't serve anybody so I think that's a powerful way to say it because you can't you have to they can't 
um, hear you until they're ready. Right? They yeah, can't hear you exactly. until they're ready. And they're all on their own personal journey. And that's kind of just the way that I see it, right? Um, but it doesn't mean that you can't somehow, you know, use your voice. And that's kind of the reason why I do this podcast. Can't somehow, you, you know, and then why you're speaking about it right now, right? You can't somehow use your voice and it's going to fall on the ears that it's meant to fall on. And exactly. Oh, okay. Yeah, this makes sense. I totally resonate with everything West is saying, right? Because I, that's really powerful stories. So that's why we share these stories, right? Because yeah. who needs to hear it? So exactly. um, that being said, I'm going to ask you this last question. I always kind of spring this on as a surprise at the end. <laughs> and it's, um, it's basically what, if there was one thing, you know, of advice that you could give to somebody um, that's happened in your journey. So let's just say that someone gave you this advice or on your journey, you found this to be very powerful for yourself. Um, what would that be? You know, is it a saying, is it someone that you looked up to and aspired to be more like that gave you this wisdom? Um, so just like something to help someone that perhaps, you know, needs to hear something that's going to move them or motivate them today. Well, um, I would say this, uh, I, through my experiences, no one told me this, but through my experiences, I learned that regardless of what we do, there's always going to be a challenge. Maybe it might be a day-to-day -day challenge or it might be, you know, um, a yearly challenge. But if we kind of look at it every five years or so, there's something to pass or some type of like level in our life that we got to go through. That's a very big life-changing challenge. But what makes it easy for me to deal with is that we all make it through it. If, if the rent's due on the first and the second comes up, we're still alive. You know, you still have the ability to, to, to go out and, and uh, meet that challenge. So just kind of sum it up. We'll make it through it regardless. Regardless, we're going to make it to the other side of it. So our, our, how we I heard this before, like how we deal with it is, or how we, how we view it is like 90% of the problem. So if we can change our outlook and just be more patient and use the grace that we have learned from, everything does not deserve all that energy to make it seem like it's a bad deal. Just walk, you'll make it walk through it, man. You'll, you'll make it to the other side. Yeah, I love that. I actually had a personal mentor that once, once told me, you know, she's like, well, the only way out is through. And yeah. I was like, you know, sometimes when you're in like the, the really difficult pieces of your suffering or when you're like really down deep, right. And you're feeling super bad for yourself. Um, it's hard to see that because you're just like, well, I want the pain and the suffering to end. Like, you know, I just want out of this. Um, but it really is. It's just, you, you gotta, you gotta walk through it. Cause then it doesn't matter. It's like, you're going to get through whatever that obstacle is or that block. And it's going to, exactly. you're going to come out outside of it and you're going to learn the lesson from it, or you're going to gain something from it, some type of wisdom. So that's really the biggest piece is just, you know what, just know that you're going to get through it. Everything's going to be okay. <laughs> exactly. there, there was one more thing that just came to mind that I did with my, my ex. Cause she used to always think that everything was like a existential meltdown. Um, we have a daughter together and, uh, my daughter has some Legos. Right. And I told her, she was like, Oh, I can't do this. This is going to, you know, ruin my life. And I said, Oh, well, do me a favor, pick up a handful of Legos. And in one fell swoop, build a wall, just one move, build a wall. And she said, that's impossible. I said, that's life. 
I say every brick has to be laid out one at a time. You won't see the wall at first, but eventually after you stack enough bricks, you will see that your progress is being made. That's the way you got to see. You can only take one step at a time. So I don't know if that resonated with her, but it's definitely something that I use when I'm overwhelmed and I have a challenge that seems like it's too great for me, no matter if I want to you know, completed in one swoop or not. I always know that there's only one step. So I break it down into, you know, small segments, small bites are equal to a full meal. Yeah, I think that's a great analogy. I love that. That's perfect. I'm sure that did resonate for her. Probably she'll probably still remember that later on in life, right? That time of like, my so. dad, <laughs> you know, taught me a life lesson. So I think that's I awesome. So. Well, thank you so much, Wes, for being um, on the show today. I really appreciate it. Um, how can people reach you? Because he's an amazing photographer. What's he, do you have a website? Do you want to tell people how to get a hold of you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you go to any search engine and just type in W-E-S-T-E-A-L photography, I will come up. All my social media platforms are under that. West Steel Photography. You can find me there. Just go to Google. Amazing. I love it. Thank you so Thank much you. for sharing your journey here with us today. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Goddess Rising. It would mean the world to me if you could like, subscribe, and share so that I can receive more listeners because this is how we each use our own voices to step into our own power, create change and healing for others. Until next time, remember, you are the goddess rising.